Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Mama Ain't Tell You podcast with Erica and Brianna J, where we explore all of the things about motherhood that your mama ain't tell you. From navigating being a new mama to managing mom guilt and mental health, we tackle it all through the lens of two Black millennial mamas. Season two, episode one, we here. Episode one, yes. It's real. It's not a fad, not a phase. We are back. We are back and better than ever and talking about one of our favorite topics. Good old C-section. C-sections. So yeah, both Erica and I are C-sectioners. We have delivered our babies via Mm -hmm. C-section. If you go back to episode one and you listen to the birthing story episode, you'll hear more about our individual birthing journeys. But this episode, we really just want to dive into C-sections because I think we both agree that most people don't go into giving birth preparing to have a C-section. It's in the back of your mind, but like in the in the appointments leading up to your due date, the conversations are always about how to avoid having a C-section. Like, oh, like mm-hmm. for me, I remember my doctor, you know, talking to me about my weight gain and stuff. I don't want you to have to have a C-section. I don't, you know what I mean? So it's like this mm-hmm. hush, hush, like black sheep kind of vibe. I grew up hearing about C-section and C-section experiences because pretty much every woman close to me had one. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, they had them back in like the late 80s, early 90s. So- mm-hmm experiences were different. Like my mom and my older cousin would, you know, talk to me about how people that had uh, gave birth vaginally, they were able to get up, you know, same night or next morning Mm -hmm. walking around and fitting into their jeans and all this other stuff. And they were down like, oh, I was down for a month. I was down for (laughs) three months. So it was this thing that I just wanted to avoid and all my preparation and all my research. I never researched anything about a C-section. It was all about how not to have one. So when I pulled up to the soiree and got ready to have my son and that ended up being what happened, I was not, first I was devastated and then I was just totally unprepared. Like I thought I knew what to expect. My experience was totally different from what I was going to expect. But I think, again, just growing up with that narrative around me about how C-sections just aren't the move. Right. I I think I purposely like Mm -hmm. felt like if I ignored it and didn't research it, then it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Like if it's, if you don't acknowledge it, it's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. I understand. Um, And I, I kind of had the opposite. I didn't really know a lot of people that had C-sections growing up. I have one coworker that um, did have one and she was excited about having one because she's like, I didn't get stretched out down there. It's all good down there. So <laughs> I just like, get my little cut and I'm done. And I was like, okay, but you know, that's like a major surgery. And I did like you, I didn't even think about it. I don't think I even ever had a conversation with the doctor or the midwife or anything about it. Um, it was, and it was mine was an emergency C-section. But um, before we get into that, I did do a little bit of research because um, in the more recent years, C-sections have definitely become more of a thing. Now, there are women that it's surprising to me, but there are a lot of women now that actually elect to have a C-section. Um, more power to them. That's their decision. Okay. Uh, I would not elect to have like, I would not elect to have myself. Why would you use that? 
Um, but there are a lot of people that really do. But um, so I looked it up. So according to the CDC in 2017, um, now this was a lo among low risk first time births. So women that have like no issues during pregnancy and it's their first child, no issues. It was a 26 percent uh, rate of women getting C-sections, which seems like quite a bit to me. Um, and then overall, so all women, including like high risk and um, low risk and all, everybody, it was a 32% um, rate of C-sections in 2017. Half. So um, it's a good amount. And what I found really interesting was that there's specific states that have the highest amount that is actually over the national average. Um, so the 10 states that have the highest, just, you know, so you have a little information in your pocket. Um, number 10 was Georgia, which had 34%. Connecticut, 34.8%. Texas, 35%. Alabama, 35%. West Virginia, 352 So those were about tied in Kentucky as well. Um, New Jersey, 35.9%. Florida, 37.2%. Louisiana, 37.5%, and Mississippi had the highest rate, which was 37.8%. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because it all really of those states are southern <clears throat> and east coast. So Isn't I wonder. It, that crazy? Yeah, I wonder what other factors, like, I don't know, we could talk about that research all day, but that's really interesting to me. So maybe we'll have to make that another episode, like just diving into the numbers and trying to figure out you know, the things that can cause a C-section. I know after I gave birth, the nurse came in and was like, yeah, so like now, you know, you don't dilate or whatever. So if you ever have another kid, you can just elect to have a C-section. And that's what happened with my mom. She mm -hmm. was told from, she said, she was told at a very, like at a younger age when she was like in her teens, early twenties, that because of the way her pelvis was, it would be difficult for her to deliver vaginally and that she should, just have a C-section. But when she got pregnant with me, she was in a different state. So I was born in California. She was mm -hmm. in a different state, different doctor. She told her doctor that and was like, well, I can't go off of what some doctor in Illinois said. Like, we right. just figure it out. So after 36 hours of labor, she had a C-section. And then the same thing afterwards, they were like, you know, next time you just schedule it. And like what you said earlier, like she going into it, I don't think she had any thoughts about C-section, but I, growing up, I would always hear about her experience with me, 36 hours in labor just to mm -hmm. have a C-section, then like how hard her recovery was. But then with my sister, how easy it was. They just gave her mm -hmm. like pick a date between like X and X. And she picked my sister's birthday, which is September 11th. And she went in, got had, she was like, went in, got cut and then went out. And I was like, well, what about the recovery with my sister? She was like, yeah, it was still hard, but I knew what to expect. So I think a lot mm -hmm. of the C-section review being negative is that you don't know what to expect. You don't know what you're walking into. So mm -hmm. now you guys will because you'll- Right, <laughs> yes. Um, like, so for, like, I was, I wasn't prepared to have a C-section. I think I knew more about the C-section process than maybe most people, to your point, just because I grew up around it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely wasn't prepared for it. I went in thinking that I was going to get induced. And again, I've shared my birthing story in uh, season one. So go back and listen. Um, but, you know, I thought I was going to come in, get induced, and maybe like 24, maybe 48 hours later, boom, I'd have a baby, pop him out the vagine, get a couple stitches because 
let's be realistic and then be on my way. Right. Didn't work out like that. Ended up having the C-section. And I would say the first thing that I was shocked about in the actual process of having the C-section was the fact that I could feel things while they were doing it. I was always under the impression that, you know, you are drugged or numbed or whatever, mm-hmm. obviously they're slicing into you. Right. Of course, you hopefully feel anything, mm-hmm. but, and I didn't feel them cutting me. I didn't feel any of that, but I could feel them moving. Oh, I could feel yeah. something. I can't say like, Oh, I felt them push my liver to the side or whatever, because it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. But I did feel <clears throat> Very, like I was scre- I was yelling out. I was I won't say screaming, but I was yelling out like ah ah. And the <laughs> it's not. I mean, it was funny to me afterwards because the <laughs> anesthesiologist was like really panicking when they rolled me into the room. He was like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do. My name is you know we'll call him Bob. I don't remember his name because I was very high. Um, he's like, you're gonna feel like you want to hold your breath, but I need you to breathe. Like whatever you do, I just need you to keep breathing. So I was like, okay, cool. I got you. No problem. But then they started and I was like, ha ah, ah. ha. And he was like, what, what, what? I guess he thought I could feel like the incision. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I feel, he's like, yeah, you're going to feel some pressure. Pressure is an understatement. It, I didn't even feel like pressure. It literally felt like they were moving. It felt like what they were doing. Like, I think what I was feeling was them like tugging at Trey because they told me that my man's for the 56 hours that I was in there <laughs> before they cut me open, he did not move an inch. From what I felt, they said that his feet were still so tucked like up into my ribs and his like head and shoulders were so, you know, trayish that they really had to wiggle and jiggle to pull him out. And I think that's the biggest, that was the biggest thing for me out of all of the whole experience. That was the one thing that I think with all of my you know, growing up hearing about it that nobody ever mentioned to me and maybe nobody experienced that because their babies were positioned differently or whatever, but I was screaming and I felt it when they pulled him out because I was like, huh, I felt the relief. Yes, I felt that immediate relief and then Mm -hmm. I felt like a gush of like fluid Mm -hmm. and then I just started crying. Like it, everything, it's like everything rushed out, like all the anticipation, all the emotion, mm-hmm. all of the, the baby, everything was just like, Whoa. and then, and then that's when they were like, oh, you know, Eric was like, oh, he looks like you. And I was like, oh wait, he's here. Like I felt it physically, but didn't make the connection in my mind. And then, you know, everything happened from there. But after that, like most of my experience, like still in the hospital and immediately after was on par with what had been shared with me. Like they make you get up. Um, less than 24 hours after surgery. It wasn't that same night, but definitely that morning they were like, all right, let's mm-hmm. stand up. And I was surprised at how easy it was for me to stand up. Not that it wasn't easy, but it was easier than I thought it was going to be again. Cause everyone acted like you would be like bedridden. Oh yeah. yeah. Like you're and, a cripple. Yeah. I was shuffling for sure. I was doing a little, oh, yeah. <laughs> a little, Medea shuffle or whatever, but well, no, Medea be running, but I was doing like a little old lady shuffle for sure. Yeah. But I was moving around, um, and the pain was manageable. Um, I mean, but in the hospital, of course, they're giving you pain, pain meds, but it really like that. What I was expecting, or like what I had in my mind as far as like what a C section would be like and what I actually experienced, 
wasn't too far apart except for the actual procedure where I could feel them pulling and tugging. And I called my mom as soon as I was like lucid enough. Yeah. I called my mom and I was like, I have a whole new respect for you. I have a, not, you know, she's my mom. So of course I have the utmost respect, but it was even like more so because oh, I was like, that was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever felt before in my life. So Oof. yeah, I can't even imagine that. See my, my experience was totally different. Um, I was induced as well. Elijah was overdue and, um, you know, that whole story is in season one. So go back and listen. Um, so I was induced. I went in um, planning to have a natural birth is really what I wanted. Natural vaginal birth. Um, I had an emergency C-section because Elijah's heart rate uh, started dropping. So um, as soon as they figured when they gave me the Pitocin and his heart rate dropped, they were like, they bust in the room we got to get them out now. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like, and at this point we were still trying to decide if we were going to do an epidural, we were going to do what? Cause I really didn't want to have one, but they were like, if you, you know, possibly need one in the, in further along in your labor, it's good to get one now or at least get, you know, the order put in. Um, so we were trying to decide and as we're deciding, they're like, no, we have to get them out now. Um, so they wheel me down. I had to be put under for the C-section. So I don't remember any of that. I didn't feel anything. I was completely knocked out for it. Um, all I remember is being wheeled down, being scared out of my mind because I'm like, yeah. what's happening? Like I was just about to push my baby out. And then you're telling me now I have to get him cut out yeah. immediately and I can be awake for it. And I will say too, like emergency and even like mine was an emergency. It was just like, all right, we tried let's throw in the towel kind of yeah. thing. The time between when you decide to have a C-section or they tell you you need one to when you're actually like in the room is like that. Like, oh, listen. And I wasn't even in an emergency situation and it it couldn't have been more than like five, five, 10 minutes tops. Oh, like yeah. they had teams, like one team getting me like ready to move into the bed where they can wheel me into the room. Another uh -huh. team like tending to the IV and then a team over talking to Eric's uh, well, yeah, Eric, but Trey's dad, like getting him in his scrubs and telling him what's about to happen. And I'm just like, and the whole time, nobody's talking to you, obviously. No, they're not. Because you were, you know, yours was emergency. It was, so I had that other level of, of fear but yeah it was it's just crazy how fast they move it's Listen, like what we see on it TV. was within like you said it was within not even five minutes because as soon as they said it i was going down the hall going into the room nobody's saying anything to me until finally one of the nurses when we were in the operating room was like listen because i was freaking out i was crying i didn't know what was going on and she's like you're gonna be okay we just have to get them out um and then they gave me the anesthesia and i was knocked out so after that, you know, my husband, he got to witness all of that and he got to see like the first bath, got to see all that stuff. I was out. Um, so when I came to, you know, obviously I was I was drugged up, so I was not in my right mind. They gave me Elijah. I got to see him, but they had to take him away immediately um, for some breathing issues. Um, and then. Once they took me back to the room, I kind of, I still was out of it for a while. Like my midwife had even called and talked to me because she didn't get to be there, of course, because she was on vacation when I had my child. <laughs> um, and 
she talked to me and I have like no recollection of what I said to her or what the conversation was about because I was so drugged up. Um, but I do remember, like you said, it was because I had him at like 2.30 in the morning and it had to be, it was sometime during the day that day when they finally got me up, took me into the bathroom. And I remember, I don't know if I was, if my legs felt funny or if I was just nervous to stand up, but I definitely felt like they had like two nurses helping me into mm-hmm. the bathroom. I definitely felt like I was very unsteady on my legs and I was mm-hmm. nervous yeah. about like falling or like standing up too straight or too quickly mm-hmm. um, for fear of like messing up the incision or something yep. like that. Um, and then I remember, cause you know, they had make you go to the bathroom and I remember like, I was terrified. I thought everything was going to fall out. (laughs) I was terrified. I just didn't know what to expect in that area because in my mind, I was like, oh, we Gucci. We ain't like silver lining, right? Uh She's still the way she was before. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, cool. Because that's one thing that I did read a lot about in preparing to have a vaginal birth. Is that it's a little it's a little rough down there after yeah. you know, the first time you have to use the bathroom and all of that. So it was like, ooh, like I like because same thing. They made me go to the bathroom and I was kind of scared to like let her rip. Yeah, and when it did, I was like, oh, okay, we're okay. I was not expecting to still have the all of the fluid and stuff that comes out because, mm-hmm. and that was just me not being I wrong. didn't think I know I didn't think about it either but I was just like oh well I didn't have a baby vaginally so I again like that that area should not need any management <laughs> was what <laughs> I was thinking but all of the flu everything when they take your baby out and also because I felt that big gush when they took him out I was like okay we cool he's out placenta's out everything's out yeah they stapled me back together which I'm still not really I don't know. Like yeah, I've never had anybody else stapled together, but um, yeah, I just wasn't expecting to be leaking. But there's still a lot of stuff in there that has to come out, fluid, mm-hmm. and then in my case, like all the stuff that they were pumping within me those three days that I was in there, the IV mm-hmm. fluid and all of that. That all has to come out of your body somehow, and that's the way it comes out. So I think that was one thing that, like, once I got home was I wasn't really thinking about that in the hospital because, you know, they still put, like, the mommy underwear on you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. the like, it is it is very much, like, what I was preparing for if I would have given birth vaginally. It's just yeah. I was moving a lot slower. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So once I got home, um, I, I mean, once we got home, we were okay. I remember, like, shuffling into, this is, like, a vivid memory. We... Remember, this is COVID. So it was just me and Eric. He pulled up Trey's dad. By now, y'all should know Trey's dad's name is Eric. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to keep saying Trey's dad. So uh, he pulled up and we swung by his parents' house because his mom had made us like, um, you know, like a crab dinner, like a really nice dinner that we could take home. So we swung by and we pulled in the garage and they just came out and like looked at Trey through the window. Um, and then we pulled up to our house and we have to walk like to our door. And I remember he was walking with Trey and Trey started like making some noises. And I just remember shuffling Sorry, along. Could you say that? I wasn't talking to you, Siri. I remember shuffling along and just saying, mommy's coming. Mommy's oh, coming. 
I'm coming. I'm mommy's coming. We weren't calling him Trey yet. So it was just like, mommy's coming. And I remember just kind of like slowly, I have stairs to get to the main level of my place. So kind of slowly making my way upstairs and I was cool. And then the next day when I went, I was just taking it very easy. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even go upstairs. Like our room is upstairs. We had already said like we would just sleep on our sectional couch on the main floor. Eric had moved everything that I would need down to the main floor. Um, we have a bathroom, like everything was on that main floor. So I really had no reason to go up and down stairs. I was, you know, taking it easy, but I was still moving around. Like I would get up and, you know, get whatever, a blanket or whatever it is I needed. Like, of course, Eric was helping it, but I would tell him like, no, I need to move around. Like I need to, to get up and walk around. And I remember like, I went to go not even bend over, but like squat down to pick something up. Mm-hmm. And I got this super sharp pain on the right side of my lower stomach. It was like somebody had cut me. Oh, and I was like, oh hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And then um, I was like, okay. I thought it was maybe something because I remember I had staples. So I thought maybe it was one of the staples or something because I couldn't see. Like your stomach yeah. is still... You know what I'm saying? It's still yeah. That they don't go flat right away. No, I mean because it, it wasn't flat before. So <laughs> <laughs> like your stomach is still gonna be stomaching, right? And um, I couldn't move. I was scared to touch anything down there. Oh yeah. I was, oh, I like, remember being scared too. Like you didn't want to just pop it open by doing anything to it. Exactly. So I was mm-hmm. just like, all right, not sure what that is. I just thought it was a staple. Um. So I dismissed it, but it kept happening. And it was really only happened when I would like bend down or squat down to pick things up. So then I stopped doing that and just asked mm-hmm. for him to pick things up for me. But uh kind of came to find out that it was nerves. My nerves just yeah. like firing off, yeah. firing off. Mm-hmm. When I went for my follow-up appointment, I asked about that. And they were like, Oh, yeah, that's just I love how they're just so nonchalant about everything. Like you call with this concern or you pull up with a concern, and they're just like, Oh, yeah. Because I was super swollen afterwards. And he was like, well, yeah, you know, you had 10 months of fluid plus the three days you were in here. It's going to take you at least a week or two to drain all that out. And I was like, I have respusha feet. Like, Well, and they couldn't just tell you that. Like, they couldn't send you home with the notes and be like, this is what you should expect when you have a C-section. Like, you should expect this and that. Especially with you being in the hospital for that long. Like, they should have had... Somebody should have told me. And he just kept repeating it. Cause I literally, call, I know they was tired of me. Cause I called every day. I was sending people <laughs> pictures of my feet. Like I was just say normal. Yeah. I was like this. It's not guys. Cause it, my feet weren't even that swollen when I was pregnant. But, um, you know, as far as the C-section was concerned, cause I had nothing to do with the C-section, but the nerve thing. And then I don't know if this is a unique experience to having staples, but the way that I had to like clean my incision I am not a, I don't do well with medical anything. Like I don't even like cleaning my own ears. Like it grosses me out. Like I clean my ears, guys. My ears are clean. But every time I'm like, mm, gross. See, that's like, funny. The ear cleaning is my favorite. I love it. No, I always say <laughs> teeth, ears, and asses should be self-cleaning. Like, so. like I don't even want to. That would be nice. I don't want to touch any of that. Um. So like to so have to get in there and like clean and you don't really have to get in there. So the instructions were like, when you take a shower, don't touch it. Like you can wash normally, let the water, soap, let yeah. the water do its job, but then you have to, 
he said, take a blow dryer on a cool setting and like pat dry with a towel first, then take a blow dryer on a cool setting and blow dry because he was just adamant that it had to be dry. And then I had to pat it with gauze. And he was like, again, because your belly is still bellying. I didn't have to do anything but like fold the gauze and kind of lift my stomach up a little bit off the incision and just like tuck it under. And then my belly did the rest of the work. (laughs) So that for me was, I, I remember it was probably like a week after before I had the courage to look. Cause I was just, so I'm just so squeamish that I'm just like, I don't, I can't. Well, and it it's was- like a major incision. Like it's not like a little cut. Like it's, yeah. they cut you open and took something out. And then in your abdominal muscles. I remember like the first time I laughed, I was like, oh, don't um, make me yeah. laugh. Don't make me laugh. Good. Don't make me mm-hmm. laugh. The first time I had to go number two. I was like, oh, ain't no assistance. I can't help you out, brother. Like, you just gonna have to come on your own. Ain't no pushing over here. We just gonna no. have to, we gonna be here all day. You feel like you're gonna split open, like if yes. you exert too much pressure, anything. Like I had very similar experiences with you. I was the same kind of way, like with they were like, Don't go up and down the stairs, you you know, don't lift anything heavier than your baby and all that. And I didn't listen like at all. So I went up and down the stairs immediately um our bedroom and everything is upstairs we do have a bathroom downstairs but not with like a shower or bathtub or anything like that so i kind of still needed to go up and down the stairs Mm -hmm. um so initially like i didn't like when i was in the hospital they had me on like i think initially right after it was morphine Mm. um I'm not the type, I don't like taking drugs if I don't have to. So when they gave me that initial one, they, they, and that wore off, they asked me if I wanted anything else. And I was like, no, I really don't want anything. Um, and I honestly didn't really need it. Like I didn't feel bad. Like my incision didn't hurt. I wasn't yeah. in a major amount of pain that I remember anyway. Um, so I never took any other pain medications after whatever they administered in the hospital. Yeah, me either. And I don't even think, I can't remember. I don't even think they sent me home with any pain medication. I don't think they did either for me. Which and is if they did, I, I didn't take them. I did not want crazy them. Yeah. Because I had laparoscopic gallbladder surgery at the end of last year. And they sent me home with like tramadol, which is like a narcotic, I think. Yeah. Which I took one of, and when I woke up out of the stupor, it put me in. I was like, "We're just gonna put these in the back of the medicine cabinet." Yeah, like I'm scared of this. And that was laparoscopic, so I have like three little incisions on my stomach. Yeah. This, like you said, like this huge. They're cutting into. I know you guys have probably seen it on Instagram, like the, or even on the internet. I did watch a couple of those and was like, "Yep, I'm not having that." Before I um, gave birth, but the little like simulations of what a C-section is like, like they have to, oh, yeah. and then this muscle and then that muscle and then this wall. And then that, like, it's a lot. It's your whole, teeth. all your abdominal muscles they're yeah. cutting into. Mm-hmm. Um, when that's, yeah, that's, you're right. It's, it's weird that we didn't have anything, but like, I didn't feel like I need anything Me I either. Wasn't in a significant amount of pain for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, the only time I felt it is like I was doing too much. I was going up and down the stairs way too mm-hmm. much. I was trying to do too much. Um, like my mom, 
I had asked her to come a little bit later, like maybe a week or two after I had Elijah, which was stupid. I don't know what I was thinking. Should have had her come immediately. Um, but so I was still having to do, you know, quite a few things. And I luckily had like, I did some like meal prep and stuff like that. So I didn't have to do it like a ton of cooking um, immediately, but I was still having to go up and down the stairs, you know, mm-hmm. take care of the baby nurse, all that stuff. So I do remember after doing it quite a few times that I did something similar to you where I like either bent down or went up the stairs too fast. And then I could feel that pulling and just felt super uncomfortable, not like painful, but uncomfortable. I was like, yeah. okay, I need to, I need to chill out. I need to sit down somewhere. Yeah. Um, Cause it is, it is major. And I didn't have staples. I'm still upset that they gave you staples. I don't even understand. <laughs> it makes no sense. They did glue for me, which freaked me out too. Cause I'm like, how is an incision going to stay close? This is arts and crafts. Like, I don't, I just was, I was expecting to have dissolvable stitches or maybe the stitches that need to be pulled out. I've had to right. before and they were like, oh, we don't use dissolvable because some people have an allergic reaction. So I had to go in and get them taken out. So that's what I was prepared for. So when I was about to leave the hospital and they're like, oh yeah, you have to come back in X amount of days to get your staples removed. I'm sorry, come again. Staples. Why did this man staple me like a freaking this doesn't make any sense report like huh i'm like okay um all right but i guess he knew what he was doing because like my incision you can't really like i'm vain so i'm like my body needs to look like this but um you can't really see it like it's not like it's there but you you yeah, it's, it's not, not like a, a super scar yeah yeah that mine's really the same weird. way the glue though i've never heard of glue it was glue and i the only way i could uh see like you could see around it looked like elmer's glue kind of when it dries where it'll have that like clear kind of filmy kind of texture mm-hmm. to it and that was kind of around the actual scar and i had to do the same thing like when you take a shower you just let the water run over make sure it's dry when you're done I don't remember them having me put gauze, but I do remember them just telling me to make sure that it was dry. Um, And that's really all I did for it. I didn't do anything else. But then I remember when you go back for your first follow-up appointment afterwards for them to make sure that you're healing up all good and all that. My midwife, she's, you know, pressing all on my stomach. And then she's like, oh, you still have some like glue stuck here. Now, because mind you, I hadn't had like a, a wax in a little while. I just had the baby. Did you um, get wax when you were pregnant? I did. See, I didn't. It was it was a situation for sure. Like at <laughs> one point, like sorry Simmons, if you ever listen to this, but I got to keep it real. Um, right. you know, Trey's father is a barber, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Enough's enough," and he made me lay down <laughs> and like sterilize a little bit. Blade, got a new blade and like went to town because he was like, "This is." At this point, you're an embarrassment. He didn't say that, <laughs> but I felt it because it was out of hand. But yeah, well, it, 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 I mean, when you're pregnant, especially too, it's like you don't see it. It's yeah, like I was just scared, like, and I knew people that had got waxes all the way up to like I knew people that got waxes like in preparation for birth. I and did. I, I think like, I did mine all the way up until now. I will say, it started to. I mean, of course, waxing is not comfortable, but it um it hurt a little bit. It's like if you go right before or right after your period and things are oh, a little yeah, more, more yeah. 
it was it felt like that pretty much the whole time I was pregnant. So I really dreaded going, but I was like, I need to keep. Well, I was planning on having a vaginal birth, so I was like, yeah. I don't want it to be like too crazy down there. Yeah. But um, yeah, when she when I went in for that appointment, she's like, Oh yeah, you still have some glue like stuck to these heads, and she starts like picking it off. I'm like, Oh, um, oh my gosh, ma'am, that is very uncomfortable. Can we just get some scissors and like and can cut we it off? first? Like no, she just went into town. She's like, "Oh no, you need to get this off." I'm like, "Okay, I was trying not to because they told you not to, you know, get too yeah, rough in there, not to scrub or anything like that." So yeah. I was like, "It's gonna come out when it's gonna come out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hurting anybody right now. It's clean. Mm-hmm. It's fine." Um, but talk. Speaking of waxes, now getting waxed, that area is still very. I don't like it. <laughs> it's the most uncomfortable the weirdest sensation because yeah. it's like partially numb mm-hmm. but it's not fully numb yes. and it, but it's still kind of sensitive it's yes. so weird so to give you guys a little bit of a comparison when you sit on the toilet too long and your legs fall asleep or you sleep wrong and you wake up and your arm is like do I still have an arm uh, that's my then- this morning <laughs> And then it starts to like wake up a little bit and you, it's like, okay, I have arms and legs, but I can't, like, I can't pick up a pen yet, but I know my fingers are there. And it's like that pringly, prickly, like feeling, imagine somebody waxing that. And your vagina is already not, like if you've been getting waxes for a while, you get used to it. It is what it is, Mm -hmm. but a wax is not comfortable wherever you're waxing. But a, v- a, v- a vagine wax is especially uncomfortable. And imagine a piece of it that has that sensation I just described getting wet every time because it doesn't every change. Time. Like yeah. it's it get well, it gets a little bit better further along. Like yeah, it's, now I would say it's, it's not, now. Yeah, it's not as sensitive as it was before. But it, it but it still has its days because just mm-hmm. like earlier this week it was starting the incision area was just itching for no reason. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? But it's that like itch that's like when I scratch, then it feels weird. I'm like, why yeah. does it still feel a little bit numb? It's more of like an irritation than an itch. Cause you don't really like an itch. You really want to scratch and then you get relief. <clears throat> but it, and if you, I think it might be, I don't know, maybe it's just my body. But like I said, like with my gallbladder surgery, I just had, I'm noticing now that those incisions are starting to do the same thing. Like mm. I'll have days where I'll like rub up against something and I'll be like, Oh, like yeah, I'll know that it, I'll know that it's there, you know? And so that happens sometimes with my, in, with my incision. Like I, and let me just say this, cause I was thinking about this earlier, like earlier this week, all these memes and people got smart comments about how stomachs don't belong in the top of our pants. If you had a C-section, my stomach belongs wherever the fuck I want it to belong. Wherever okay. it lands. Because the top of my pants, sir, <laughs> right at my incision. And for the longest time, oh, yeah. I did have to wear everything pulled up, not for any other reason. Well, let me not lie, but not for the, I mean, the main reason being that if I were to wear them normally, they would hit it's right uncomfortable. at that incision. And it's, it's still kind of uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. if it's there too long and there's some friction. That's Girl, all my pants be high waisted. I don't want, I don't want nothing right that low, right all over it. It's not, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel good at all. And I think 
another thing, and you mentioned it, um, another thing that I really was not prepared for, and that was probably lasted for a good, it started to wean off, but it lasted for like a good six months and still happens every now and then if I have a super, super busy day where I'm moving a lot or not around a lot, but that pulling sensation. Mm-hmm. I had to remind myself, I think we focus, or I know I focused so much on the external healing, but like I was talking about with, if you find one of those, maybe we'll find one and put it on our Instagram page. But if you find one of those um, simulations on the internet, they cut through your uterine wall as well. And mm-hmm. all of those muscles. And when that dawned on me was when I got the clearance to be able to work out or do whatever. And it was COVID. So I couldn't do much. I have a brand new baby. Um, And so I would take him on walks like, okay, get him to get outside, feel the sunshine and also like some activity for me. And I started feeling myself and I would get like, it wasn't a pain. It was just like this pulling sensation Mm -hmm. internally in my lower abdomen, like right where my uterus is. And I was like, oh shit, let me be cool because my incision looks great, but I don't know what's happening on the inside of my body. And all of that, that they cut through on the inside has to heal as well. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everyone, my mom and my cousin, those same people that was like, they was like, well, you doing good. Cause I was out, I was laid out. My mama told me don't get up and blah, blah, don't go up and down the stairs. So you doing a lot. And they would all tell me, just caution me like, don't do too much. I was like, well, I feel good. So, cause I was lifting his stroller and putting his stroller, oh, yeah. there, like doing way more than someone who just had a C-section, you know, two months ago. Right. Should be doing. Yeah. But it's like, you feel like you can and you yeah. get back to who you are. But then I had to remind myself like that pulling sensation was a reminder, like, yo, you better chill out. Yeah. You don't know what's yep. happening on the inside. Yeah. And I feel like part of it too, is like, you want to be, you're not really trying to prove anything to anybody else, but like you're proving it to yourself. Like I can do this. This is my mm-hmm. baby. I, you know, I've made it through getting cut and all that. And I feel yep. good. I can get all this stuff done. And then it's like, not nah, hold up. Yeah. It's you like, I can bounce back me. just like if I would have, if my birth would have gone as planned and who knows what it would have been like if we would have had vaginal births. Like I know right. women who've had vaginal births and they've had a hard time recovering because they tore really badly. Yeah. Or because, you know, however you recover from giving birth, it's going to be a recovery. They call it a recovery right. for a reason because it's a major, Your our bodies go through a major traumatic event regardless right. of how you deliver. Right. But I think because of the stigmas around having a C-section, to your point, there is a little bit more, I know at least in my case where I did feel like, cause I'm a very independent person. Like <clears throat> I always, I have a little chip on my shoulder sometimes like, no, I'm going to show you like that type of attitude. And I definitely had a little bit of that afterwards. And I really had to, cause even though like all the women in my life were telling me to slow down, I was like, yeah, I don't know what y'all talking about. Cause mm-hmm. y'all old. And but- I feel like part of it too, is like you, I don't know about for you, but you feel almost, for me anyway, I felt almost like defeated that I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like you didn't really truly give birth. And even though that's ridiculous because you still did and everybody, lots of people get C-sections. It's not that big of a deal, but it, it's, you know, it takes away from the, the experience that you have in your mind. Yeah. Um, and you want to be like, you know, well, I had the C-section, but I still, I can still do all these things that I need to do. Like I can still mm-hmm. hold up this end of the bargain that I 
I thought I could give birth and do all that other stuff, but I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I know that for part of it was, that's how I felt for it about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what it's, what it's been, unfortunately, just the way that C-sections are treated, like going back to what we opened the, you know, the episode with, there is no C-section prep class. There are no mm-hmm. conversations usually with your doctor about, unless like you elect to have a C-section. Or if you're high, like high risk and you have to. Right, have and you're high risk and yeah. like that's a viable option from jump. And like, we just, you know, that's a, more of a, a probability for you or possibility. It's just not talked about. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, that's one of the the reasons why I wanted to, have some type of platform, which ended up being this amazing podcast Mm -hmm. to talk to people about my experience and to share experiences because giving birth via C-section is absolutely just that it is giving birth. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't push my baby out, but I still had to put myself in a compromising position. Mm -hmm. I still had to recover physically. I still, I get, I brought life into this world, even though it wasn't through the quote unquote normal way my body just wouldn't cooperate in that way. And that's okay. It doesn't take away from me as a woman or as a mother, but I definitely had that same feeling of like kind of having to prove myself even more because I felt like I failed. Right. Like, and I was like, I should have walked. I should have did this. I should uh-huh. have done this. Like I started criticizing everything I did during my pregnancy and people around me were like, well, that's because you didn't do nothing. You didn't walk. You just sat around when you was pregnant. Da, 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 da. It's like, and I think the reason why people feel like they can say those things or like they know anything where they can even have an opinion is because of the way it's looked in society, how C-sections mm-hmm. are. And I think that we can help to change that by having conversations like these and sharing our experiences and also sharing the ways that you can prep to have a C-section because I think there are ways. I'm sure if we would have gone in, you and I, and said, I want to have a C-section and like elected that, I'm sure we would have talked about how we could prep for that or we would have oh, yeah. gotten information ahead of time. About right, we would have did the research on it because we had only yeah. researched giving vaginal births because that's all we had planned for. Yeah, and I think it's fair to, and I think it's smart to prepare for both because mm-hmm. that's the reality of not only being pregnant or being it's being a mother or being a parent, you can plan as much as you want to, but your child's going to do what they want to do, period. Oh, yeah, and you your child and your body. I mean, yeah. you really don't have any control over either of them. Very true. And so I think for me, one of the ways that I, that I would say you could prepare for having a C-section or just be more like mindful about the effects are one, listen to this episode and share it. And then two, um, just include that in your in your research as you're preparing to go, you know, and, and give birth and talk to your doctor about it. Mm-hmm. Like say, hey, I really don't want to have a C-section. Like this is my birth plan. Like you said, you had your whole birth plan. You knew you had it laminated. Like you knew you mm-hmm. wanted to have a vaginal, unmedicated birth. Like, mm-hmm. but- I think so much of us are so laser focused on what we want that we don't even consider the alternative. So I would say, consider the alternative, Mm -hmm. educate yourself. And then there are some things 
that you can use to help aid yourself in recovery that you can buy or that you can like know about so that you can buy them if you need them. One of the things that I bought, because child, I just knew I was going to have me a vaginal birth. I went out and bought everything like the, it starts with the H, I forget what it's called, but it's something that um, like you're supposed to spray to help with like some of the burning that you might. Oh yeah. 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 I I, I did all that research too and getting the little SIDS bath. Yep. SIDS baths and all of that just sat in the linen closet forever. But one thing that I did get that I did use were the Freedom Mom um, ice pack pads. So they're like Ooh. pads for afterwards, but they're also ice packs and they're meant to soothe the vagina after you give birth vaginally. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to need these. So, and they're like extra long. Yeah. And so I bought those and couldn't use them. But then when I was in the um, hospital, the nurse was like, oh, yes, you can still use them. She's like, just pop them. And she was like, and just stick it to the inside of your underwear and tuck it over your incision. And I was like, my gee, thank you. So I actually used them for that. And I actually still have some. And if I, like, if my incision or like when I had my surgery for my gallbladder, Mm-hmm. I still had some and I use it for that. Like, so they can be used for a lot of different things, but that was something that, cause I was bummed, you know, like you yeah, just, like you said, like you think it's going to go one way and you get disappointed because it doesn't, but you can still, there are ways to help aid yourself in recovery and use the things that you thought you were going to use for, you know, your natural or vaginal birth um, you know, for your C-section. That's something I really have to stop saying. I'm so, I say natural birth to refer to vaginal birth, Yeah, but that's not what that is. Vaginal yeah. C-section, a natural birth is something completely different. But I would say for something me- Something my crazy ass wanted to do. I don't, <laughs> I, I- It may I, be a little bit crazy. And I still, honestly, I know a lot of doctors don't like you to have a vaginal birth after a C-section or some people can't. I would still for our next time right. want to try, yeah I would want to try I think yeah I say that now but we'll see I don't know I'm not pregnant right now so <laughs> we'll see um, I, but I would if I could I think I would want to yeah and I would want that for you too mm-hmm. because and for anyone because I think it is like getting pregnant carrying a child giving birth it's such a unique experience and mm-hmm. I think every woman has a right to curate that experience the way that they want to. Someone that I think did, and I think, Kadeen girl, if you listen and hit us up, <laughs> like, I think it would be so cool just to talk more about her, her and her husband, Deval. We're talking about Kadeen Ellis, obviously, and um, Deval Ellis, but, you know, she had her first in a hospital and had like a horrible experience. And mm-hmm. so then her other three, she did them at home. And I've watched like the vlogs on YouTube and then, mm-hmm. Um, they didn't share as much from her last birth with their most recent child, Dakota. But I think when they had, I always get confused with their youngest, their middle two, um, Kaz, like who's youngest. But anyway, her third child, she had like rose petals in the tub. Like it was a moment, like it was a vibe. Like she really, you know, she she gave birth the way she wanted to. And I think every woman has a right to try for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, to your point, I have read, cause I was, I still feel the same way. Like if I have another baby that's still up in the air, guys, it's, it's, <laughs> it looks like a no, but if, you know, only God knows if I do have another child, 
I wouldn't, I'm not going to take that nurse's advice where I go in and just say, you know, oh, I want a C-section because this was my You want to weigh your options at least. Yeah. I want to talk to my doctor about it. Like, is it safe for me to, you know, do this? And then I would do some things differently while carrying to help make that possible. Like I Mm -hmm. would move around more. I would, you know, I feel like your first time it's your first time, so you don't know what you don't but know. See, that doesn't necessarily mean that it would make it better. Like, the fact that That's you true. got to rest and stuff might have helped. Like, I worked my whole pregnancy standing on my feet mm. full That's time. True. So, and I, I I, didn't, like, exercise. I tried to walk some. Girl, I did all this stuff. I was eating dates at the end, trying to ripen my cervix. I was getting eggplant parmesan from this restaurant because he was overdue. I was trying to get him out, all that stuff. So it's like there's really no, no surefire way that like you know if you do this, yeah. this, and this, you'll you'll for sure have a great vaginal birth. It's you just it's up in the air. It's That's really true. up in the air. Because I blame myself. not blame myself, but I was like, I never should have. I was so over being pregnant and I was just scared about the pandemic because things were literally changing every day. And I was reading all these stories about women giving birth by themselves and I was terrified. And so I took the, I won't say took the bait, but I made the decision to get induced. And I do think often, like if I would have just let him come because Kadeen again, Guys, if you can't tell, I love Kadeen. Um, but Kadeen said, like, babies always come on their birthdays. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like that quote. And But to that same effect, like, Trey came when he was supposed to. You know, everything works. I believe everything, you know, works according to God's plan. So we can mm-hmm. sit in what if all day. But I think that's the reason why, you know, second opportunities, you make different decisions. So if, you know, if I get the opportunity to bring another life into the, the world, I definitely will wait until he or she comes on their own. And I will, you know, talk to my doctor about my options. Cause I do want to, I think it's so cool if you get to experience both. Like if you can say like I had a and I had a vaginal birth, um, you still a G for doing it with no drugs. Cause however I'm doing it, Drug me down. I don't want to feel nothing. Nothing. Listen, I say that, but you never know what's the contractions. Because that's the thing. I never even felt contractions with Elijah. Like, oh yeah, telling me that I was having contractions, but I maybe felt like a little twinge of like a period cramp, but I wasn't. I didn't feel really anything, girl. Mm-mm. And like I had to be induced because he was like, because doctors really don't like you like a conventional doctors don't really like you to go over 41 weeks mm-hmm. um and he was at 41 weeks so i had to be induced and i didn't necessarily have to have a c-section um but i had to be induced so there's really just no telling just like we said in episode one of season one we have to give ourselves grace we have to understand that we have no control over this we can do the thing you know we can work at the things that we can control like eating right, trying to be as healthy as we can, taking care of our bodies, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, God's going to do what he wants to do in the situation. And your baby's going to do what they want to do in the situation, just like they do once they out. I was about to say, (laughs) they're going to keep doing what they want to do once they're here. Yes. Start from day one. Yes. We just can't be so hard on ourselves. It's, 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 you know, we've, our bodies do amazing things. And then once we have the child, we're amazing mothers and do the best that we can. But, you know, 
all in all, as long as you're getting your baby out and your baby's healthy and safe and you are as well, C-section or vaginal, you're doing the best you can. Very true. Very, very true. And that is, you know, birth is a pivotal point, obviously, in motherhood. People, we can debate, um, and I think it's being debated heavily right now politically, but we can debate, you know, when motherhood starts or when life starts. But, you know, that's just the beginning. Getting the baby here you mm-hmm. know, on the earth plane is just step one. Right. You have a whole life ahead of you that you have to manage. But I think immediately after C-section or vaginal birth, however you bring your, your baby into the world, you have a whole other trimester that you have to get through that nobody tells you about, which mm-hmm. I know that we will get into on the next episode. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, like we said, we want this season to kind of keep unfolding for you guys. So every episode will kind of bleed into the next one. Uh, no pun intended, but <laughs> <laughs> next, next episode, we'll be talking fourth trimester um and what to expect and even what the fourth trimester is because i know i didn't know what it was until i was in it and was mm-hmm. like okay cool thanks yeah, so that's a real thing and yeah it's it's pretty legit but um yeah i think is that an official wrap on season two episode one it is it's- um and i just want to i want to give everybody the opportunity to like tell us your stories we want to hear about yes. your c-sections um, how they happened, how you felt about them, and even questions for you know new moms that haven't had their children yet. We are open. We are here to talk to you and want to hear from you. Um, so I guess you can, what would you say, on Instagram is probably the easiest way to contact yes. us? Yes, definitely. So definitely um, follow us and DM us on Instagram at shit your mama ain't tell you. That's where you can find both of us. You can find both of our personal profiles if you want to follow us individually. And then, of course, follow us as a unit for the podcast. And yes, like, comment, share, subscribe, send us your stories. Um, You know, we want to start pulling other people into these conversations because our mission um, and our vision for this is more than just Erica and I, because we can get on the phone and just like kiki and talk about our experiences we we want to share in the spirit of being shared with and to create community um and so to do that we got to hear from y'all so definitely tell us your stories if there's something that you want us to talk about or explore or something you want to hear more about questions send us that too and thanks for listening. We got more episodes coming. See yes. you we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned some more shit your mama ain't tell you about motherhood. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tune in weekly for brand new episodes. For more about the Shit Your Mama Ain't Tell You podcast, follow us on Instagram at Shit Your Mama Ain't Tell You. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time.